We're going to be learning Sefer Talmud Devarah, English. It's a very beautiful Sefer. We're up to Mida Yud Beis, Asher Nishpata Laviseinu, as you swore to our forefathers. Yesh b'nei Adam she'enam hagunim. Can you believe this? There are people who don't act properly. Ba'akadosh Baruch Hu merachim al kulam. And Hashem, God has mercy on all of them. And the Gemara explains, V'chanesi esasher ochoin. I shall favor those who I shall favor. Amr HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Listen to what God says. I have a treasure house of grace for those that do not act properly. There's a treasure house of grace that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, God graces and gives people free gifts. I actually saw that there's a medrash. The medrash says that Moshe Rabbeinu went to heaven and Hashem gave him a tour. One of the angels gave him a tour. And he showed him, this is a treasure house. He said, what kind of a treasure house is that? That's for Shaduchim. People who need to get a good Shidduch, they have that treasure house. What is this treasure house for? This one is for poor people. There's money in this treasure house. We give them money from here. And what is this one for? This is for children. We give people children from here. There are so many treasure homes, treasure houses, full of stuff. But then there was one treasure house that was bigger than all of them. And he said, what's that for? He said, that's for people who need things that they don't deserve. That's the Oitzer Matnas Chinam. And that treasure house of things that is for people who don't deserve it, is bigger than all of the other ones. And that's what he's saying over here. We have to be like Hashem. We have to treat our children the way God treats us. And he has the special wallet. There's a lot of different wallets. This is money for when you go. This is money for this. And this is tuition. And there's a Eitzer Matnas Chinam. This is my credit card to swipe when you don't deserve to get what you're supposed to get. It's a Eitzer that Hashem gives people Matnas Chinam. What does what does this person have? He doesn't have any schusim. He doesn't have any merits, but he does. He has the merit of forefathers. I swore to Avram Yitzchak Yaakov the Avos, and therefore, even though they act not properly, because I swore to Avram Yitzchak Yaakov to their parents, to the Avais. Therefore, I will lead them and guide them until they do tshuva, until they are rectified. <laughs> Listen to the time of the virus. So too we human beings. <laughs> Even if you go ahead and you are harmed by wicked people, they harm you. It's not just that they're wicked, but they're harming you. Don't respond cruelly and humiliate them or the like. Ella, Yerachem Aleyhem, you should have mercy on them. The Yoimer, and you should say, Saif, Saif, Heim Bnei Avram Yitzchak Yaakov. At the end of the day, after all, they are the children of Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. Im Heim Einam Ksherim, even if they are unworthy, Avaisayim Ksherim, their parents, their grandparents, their forefathers are Ksherim Bahagunim, are worthy and proper. And somebody who embarrasses children disgraces the forefathers. 
I don't want to disgrace Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov and all the diaries because of me. And I will conceal their shame. And I will try to help them to rectify themselves as much as I can. This is the derech of the time of This is the derech that we have to go ahead and act like Hashem. The definition of the attribute. When a person is capable of punishing someone who offended him, he should not unleash the full force of his rage to punish or humiliate that person as much as he can. Rather, the opposite. He should have mercy on him as much as possible. He should say, if they are unworthy, but their forefathers were worthy and proper, by harshly retaliating and disgracing the offender, his forefathers are also disgraced. A person, a person should say, I don't want his forefathers to be disgraced because of me. He should conceal the disgrace, cover it over, cover over the disgrace of the wicked person, and help him correct his problem as much as possible. By doing so, he allows the attribute of as you swore to our forefathers to shine into the world. When we do this, we allow that Hashem will do this on Klal Yisrael much more. We can control Hashem Tzilcha, the Baal Shem Tev said. We are the shadow of Hashem. Who controls my shadow? Me. Hashem Tzilcha. Hashem is our shadow. We control the way that Hashem acts with the world. So when we go to somebody who's bad and hurts us, and we say, I'm going to cover it over, and I'm not going to embarrass them, I'm going to treat them with kindness, and I'm going to do the best that I can to help them, we open a valve in Shemayim that helps Hashem, so to speak, allows Hashem, so to speak, forces Hashem, so to speak, to give more to us and allows the attribute of, as you swore to our forefathers, to shine into the world. Practical example. How you doing, Yitzchak? Came a friendly greeting from behind him, followed soon after by a slap on the back that was a little too hard for Yitzchak's tastes. Yitzchak turned around and saw Shlemi, the son of Yitzchak's highly esteemed Reshkail. Baruch Hashem answered Yitzchak, hoping to cut short the conversation and continue on. Shlemi was not so quick to let go of his prey. He threw his arm over Yitzchak's shoulder and guided him towards a private corner behind the base medrash. You know, Yitzchak, the Kail has fallen on tough times. Yes, yes, I know, said Yitzchak. Why not talk to some wealthy businessmen about it? What do you want from me? I'm just a poor avrech, just like any other. Of course, said Shlemi with a smile. But I know that you and your friends have some savings on the side. Yitzchak grimaced. But Shlemi went on, listen, my father went abroad for the week, and we desperately need $50,000, not as a donation, but as a loan. In a week, my father will be back, and he will return it all. We need just a loan for just one week, that's all. Shlemi did not say outright that the loan was for the kailu, but he certainly led Yitzchak to believe that, to believe that from the conversation. The truth was that Shlemi had asked for a loan for himself. If Shlemi had asked for a loan for himself, even for one day, Yitzchak would have hesitated to give it. Rumors had been floating around for a while that Shlemi was not exactly following in the footsteps of his father, the devoted Torah scholar. Still, Yitzchak got a sense that this time he could trust Shlemi. The next step was for Yitzchak to make a meeting of the Avrechim from his Kailu to explain the situation. Their beloved Rish Kailu who had done so much for them needed $50,000 for just one week. Each one had financial hardships, but they did their best to scrape together the money. 
This one lent $2,000 from his hard-earned savings. And that one lent 5000 Others borrowed from relatives and neighbors. Eventually, they managed to scrape together the money. Just one week was the catchword that kept being repeated. In just one week, the money would be returned. They were promised. And they were, and they promised others. No one had any doubts that the Rishim or Shashiva, Rishkail, would keep, the, would keep his word and repay the debt to the last cent. A week passed. The sound of Torah was still heard in the base Medrash, but the sound of money being exchanged was still absent. The Rishkail had returned from his trip abroad for a family simcha, but made no mention to anybody about repaying the loan. Dum, dum, dum. The Avrechim started getting impatient. Doubts were expressed, at first quietly and then not so quietly. Once again, it was Yitzchak who stood by the Rishkail's side. He told people that he would take care of it, and he approached the Rishkail at the end of the day to inquire about the loan. The Rishkail's face flushed red when he first heard Yitzchak's request. J- just one minute, please. Can you come up, come to my house and tell me the whole story from the beginning? They went up to the Rashkail's house, but the hot tea and chocolate cake his wife served did little to melt the frigid atmosphere. Yitzchak told him about the negotiations they had with Shlaimi, how they emptied all their savings to lend him the money, and how Shlaimi had promised that his father would return the money as soon as he returned from his fundraising trip abroad. Believe me, said the Rashkail, that I did not raise a single penny on this trip. I went for a family simcha, not to raise money. I never asked Shlaimi to borrow money. I never authorized him to make promises in my name. I knew nothing about this loan, and I have no means to pay it back. I have no idea what he did with the money, but it certainly did not go into the Kyle's bank account. The Rishkail paused with a pained expression on his face. Listen, Yitzchak, he continued. This is not the first time Shlaimi has pulled a trick like this. I've warned him, but he thinks he knows better. There's nothing I can do to intervene on your behalf. My son is completely out of my control. Maybe I will eventually be able to pay you back, but I can't, I can't promise. The only thing I can do for now is to give my full consent to any measures that you might want to take to get your money back from him. Yitzchak was, was speechless. On the one hand, he could feel the pain of the helpless father, the esteemed Rishkail, whose wayward son had so disgraced him. On the other hand, he could also feel the anger of the Avrechim, who had emptied their savings and borrowed from everyone they knew, only to see their money fall into the hands of a heartless swindler. The next day he called another meeting of the Avrechim in his kail and he explained the situation. A lowly thief, that's all he is, said one. Can't believe he took us all in, said another. Their feelings got heated and harsh words started to fly back and forth until Yitzchak banged on the table for quiet. Tachlis, bottom line. What do we do now, he asked. The first thing we need to do is alert the authorities so he won't be able to leave the country with our money, said Usher. How do we do that? Wouldn't we need to file a complaint with the police first, said Chaim? Of course, we don't have any choice. Do we have any any choice, asked Usher? The police would probably come and arrest him, said Chaim. Just imagine what the media would do with that. Front page of the paper and bold headlines. Rabbi's son arrested for theft. The Rashkail is too famous for this to slip by unnoticed. What a disgrace, the other sadly agreed. Well, we have no other choice. What other choice do we have, said the advocates of justice among them. We can't, we can't just think about his father's disgrace. Shlemy swindled us and made off with our hard-earned money. We have to get it back somehow. There was a moment of silence. And then soft voices, as the Avrechim began to exchange their thoughts. 
weighing both sides of the argument. We have to protect the Rashkail's reputation, they decided. We'll do what it takes to get our money back, but we won't drag his name through the mud. Our Rashkail will not come to disgrace because of his son's actions. The meeting concluded with mixed feelings all around. However, they all agreed that they were doing the right thing in Hashem's eyes. Sometimes a person must have mercy on a wayward son to protect the honor of his father too. Beautiful.